it be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done in this place today, in our hearts, in our lives, our families, and as we've already declared in our finances, in the health of our bodies, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Kingdom come. Kingdom come. We open our hearts to you, Father, and we acknowledge that you have established your Holy One upon the throne of your kingdom. His kingdom rules over all things. We acknowledge you, Lord, Savior, and King. Holy Spirit, we welcome you, the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of the kingdom. mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. There's a wonderful healing taking place in this building today. And I mean a real physical healing happening right now. I'll try and describe it to you. I don't see it clearly, but I know it's happening to somebody's body. In this whole section, I'm, I'm trying to discern what it is. The Holy Spirit's not showing me but exactly what it is, but there is a, a, a healing in somebody's neck and shoulder getting that very strong sensation and what I'm feeling in my body may be an indication of what God's doing in your body so check it out check it out it's like a kind of healing that is releasing the nerves in that shoulder and releasing pain right there and now right there right there right there if you have a, a problem in any part of your body at all sometimes a healing that is pinpointed by the Holy Spirit is just an indication of what he wants to do in so many different ways and this can be like a kind of spearhead healing that's releasing God's healing power in every part of your body so be ready for that be ready for that but I want to focus on people who are struggling with like frozen shoulder pain here right down from the side of the neck right down to the tips of your finger. If that's you, just lift your hand and just stretch it out right now to God. you find something different is happening to you. Where, where is that person who is being released in that part of the body? Wave, 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 wave. Wave, wave. Okay, it's there. What, 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 what was the problem? I'm sorry I can't hear. Can you, can you use without a microphone? Can you make yourself heard? Let's hear A frozen, frozen sol shoulder, frozen soldier, frozen shoulder, and the pain is gone, and you can move your neck. Hallelujah. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. I think Esteban has got us going on declaration today. I want, I want us to make another impromptu declaration for God's will to come into your physical health. Okay, and the declaration is, trust me, I'm just going to make a declaration about healing. Are you ready? Say after me. In the name of Jesus, I declare that Jesus is Lord over my spirit, my soul, and my body. And I speak to my body. And I say, body, line up to the health and healing that comes in the name of Jesus and is manifested in the kingdom of God. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Times like this, I believe so many different things are happening, so don't be limited to just what I'm saying publicly. But right when I declared that I felt somebody be released in the lower part of their spine here, that something was unlocked, something was released back there. So if you've suffered from pain in the lower part of your spine 
and you have a difficulty there, everything from a little bit of arthritis, a little bit of pain, sat badly, tripped a little bit, from minor, 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 to major, 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 whatever it is, nothing is impossible with God. Place your hand there on your spine. And by the way, receive God's healing everywhere. Don't just be limited to the things I'm, the few things I'm selecting here, all right? Are you ready? Wow, 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 wow. What a, what a rising up of faith in this house today. You people are really open to God. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, put your hand right there. In the name of Jesus, I release every spine in this place for whatever problem. Minor matters of sciatica, stiffness, sore muscles, whatever that is, to major issues of slip disc, ruptured discs, whatever it is, I speak healing in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Wow, Holy Spirit, we worship you. Amen and amen, amen. Amen. Check it out. If you felt something happen that's good in your body, wave at me. I'm not going to pull you out here. We haven't time to go through testimonies, but I just want to, people to see what God is doing. Something's happened to you. You're happy about it in your body. Wave, wave to me. One, you've got your hands up there. You're not waving. What are you lifting your hands for? You're just praising God. You're just praising God, are you? Amen, amen, amen. Wow, it's fantastic. You're so tall, looks like you're standing on the platform, man. Amen. Please be seated, everybody. Lots of people were raising their hands and acknowledging the presence of God. Isn't it wonderful to be in the kingdom of God? I'm ready to preach, but I've got to, before I preach, say hi to those who are watching over the road in the coronet. Let me know later on some of the stuff that's happening over there. Uh, and also those who are watching in all our overflow areas, God bless you, God be with you, because He is already, we know that. And those who are watching online or, or downloading this uh, service later, God bless you, amen. Today is London Marathon Day. We're not out there running the marathon because every Sunday in Kensington Temple is a marathon. Nine o'clock, 11 o'clock, 2.30, five o'clock, seven o'clock, and we're still rocking by nine, 10 o'clock at night. Before I come down to preach, I want to just underline some of the presentations that have been made to you today because holidays are over, Easter holidays over, vacation finished. We're now back into getting down to business at Kensington Temple. Tuesday night, living free. Tuesday night, mastering leadership. If you haven't learned to live free or master leadership, you come on on Tuesday night and we will get you going into your next step in God. Wednesday and Thursday, as you've heard, Wednesday night, creative communication. And this is important in every area of your life, in your work, in your business, in your marriage, in your friendships. It's going to help you. And then, who is Jesus as the Son of God? As you already heard from Gabriel, sign up to that. We need to be able to tell people who Jesus is. And not just say, we believe he's the Son of God. You believe what you want to. We have to say, no, no, no. What you're saying is wrong. He is not just a prophet. He is not a created being. He is not just a Messiah amongst many. He is the eternal Son of the eternal God who shed his blood on the cross and who was raised again from the dead that we might have life. Amen and amen. This morning I want to bring uh, the second part of a two-part series on the kingdom of God. Two weeks ago, I spoke to you on the topic of receiving the kingdom. And we're going to come back to this uh, in the future. But I want to conclude this mini-series with a second message. And today we're talking about living the kingdom. It's not just that we need to receive the kingdom but we need to learn how to live the kingdom. And for this, I want you to turn your attention to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. And I've already done this with you today because it's the opening part of the Lord's Prayer. But let's read it together. Matthew 6, verses 9 to 10. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is nothing more important in all the world than the kingdom of God. There's no other agenda that matters other than God's agenda for his kingdom. 
Because there was no more decisive moment in all of history than when 2,000 years ago, Jesus appeared and came into Galilee preaching the good news of the kingdom. Mark's gospel, chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Now, after John was put into prison. Remember, this John that we're speaking of here is John the Baptist. John the Baptist was sent by God to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. It was the final preparation in a whole series of generations of preparation, bringing the whole of Israel, indeed the whole of human history, to this point when God would return to this planet to establish his kingdom. And the Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And after 30 years of living on this planet, Jesus reveals himself as Messiah, and he makes this powerful declaration after John's ministry was over, the preparation, the final preparation was made, and Jesus came to Galilee preaching, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. And as we saw last time, Many people can talk about the kingdom. Many people can quote along with me the fact that Jesus spoke more about the kingdom of God than any other topic that he ever spoke about. Absolutely central to his teaching, central to his ministry. It's what his life on earth was all about, proclaiming, living, demonstrating, and being the embodiment of the kingdom of God. And yet, still today, so many of us, number one, haven't a clue of what it means, the kingdom of God. Number two, it's not part of our lives. It's not part of our theology. We kind of think, well, we know that what we have to do, we have to get saved, live good, keep our nose clean, and then finally we're going to go to heaven and it's all going to be over. No, that's, those things are very important. But the kingdom of God actually is far more relevant to our daily living than we can possibly imagine. And the proof of that is the whole of the Lord's Prayer, in fact, but particularly focusing on the opening part. We know that this is a daily prayer. Later on it says, give us this day our daily bread. We can't say, give us the daily bread for yesterday, and we can't even wait until tomorrow because we need bread today. It's a daily prayer. And at the beginning of this daily prayer, we are asked by Jesus to say, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not against Christians being heavenly minded, provided that makes you of some earthly use as well. Many of us desire a vision of heaven, like it's our final destination. Say, I want to know what heaven's like. This week, we buried one of our finest young men. A young man, Harry George, so powerfully used by God in worship ministry, cell ministry, wonderful young man. Tragic, of course, that we had to bury him so early, but death is never a defeat for a Christian. Never a defeat. It is entrance into eternal life. Now, he died very recently, a week or two ago, but last August he was very close to death. So close to death, everybody thought he was slipping away. And he lived for a further eight months to testify to what happened, what he experienced in August when he came very close to death. He found himself being drawn into an amazing, wonderful presence of total, unconditional love. And he heard the voice, the voice of like a little child crying out to father. He wasn't wanting to pay any attention to that voice. He was more interested in basking in the presence and the glory of God. And then he came to consciousness. And there was one of the sisters of the church who had been praying for him. And Harry turned to her and said, were you calling me back? She said, yes. I was calling out to God to call you back. You sounded like a little girl, he said. Okay, 
Now I'm back. You better have something good for me. Because there's nothing on this earth that I have seen that compares to what I've just glimpsed. That's our Harry. Death is never defeat. But I want to say to you that it's not just about living as good as we can, putting our trust in Jesus, and then going to heaven. That's not what it's all about. This prayer tells us that it's not all about that. He says we need to get busy with seeing heaven come down to earth. Amen? Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, yes, heaven exists. It's a real place. We don't know where it is. Some say there's heaven up there. Well, no <laughs> Sputnik, no spaceship, no rocket has ever found it. No uh, telescope has ever perceived it. You can go up, 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 up. You're never going to find heaven. Up, 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 up. Heaven is all around us. It's a totally different dimension. When we say go up to heaven, it's just a manner of speaking. Heaven is so real. We are seated in heavenly places right now. That's our position. Amen? And that's amazing and wonderful. And heaven is defined by the presence of God. Our Father who art in heaven. Heaven is where God manifests His presence in all its fullness. And most importantly of all, Heaven is where God's will is done. So you want visions of heaven? Okay, go for it. But you know, heaven is not the problem. Psalm 103 verse 19 says, The Lord has established His throne in the heavens, and His kingdom rules over all things. Then you read on in Psalm 103, and he starts talking about angels and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and the Bible is showing, listen, heaven is where God is. Heaven where it's okay. There's no problems in heaven. God's will is done in heaven. Heaven is not the problem. The problem is here on the earth. And God has not given up on the earth. God's purpose is to fill the earth with his glory. For his kingdom to become down here on earth. And his will to be done here on earth. Because you see, God has a plan. I nearly said had a plan. But he, the plan he had is the plan he has. And the plan he shall fulfill. And we have an indication of that in the very beginning in the book of Genesis. Where God created the heavens and the earth. And his glory filled the heavens and the earth. And Adam and Eve, the first Human beings were on this planet, in the garden, in the presence of God. There was no barrier, no distance between heaven and earth. It, there was a marriage between heaven and earth. God's will being done on earth. God's glory filling the earth. And that's how they lived, but they blew it. They blew it big time. They sinned and therefore came a separation and heaven and earth were separated. And God said, I'm going to fix this. I'm not going to leave it like this. I'm going to fix this. And when that separation came, so many problems came in. Sickness came in for a start. The whole of creation became broken. And that's why things aren't what they should be. That's why we live on a planet that is broken and hurting and suffering. That's why so many things that take place are painful and hurtful. And God says, I'm going to fix this. And so he raised up Abraham, and out of Abraham, a whole nation known as Israel and the people of God of the Old Testament. And he said, I am going to bring a ruler out of this nation. And I'm going to bring blessing to all the families of the earth. And I'm going to bring restoration ultimately to the very creation itself. There is coming a day when I am going to bring in new heavens and the new earth. And everything in this planet, everything to do with the values of brokenness, the values of separation, 
the values of ignorance, the values of atheism, God rejection, that's going to be burnt up. But everything that is founded on the values of my kingdom, that's going to last. Amen and amen. For we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And though our God is a consuming fire, and He's going to burn up all that stuff which is of no value. The stuff which is of value is going to last and it is going to endure the test of that fire. Amen and amen. And so God says, start investing in the kingdom now for the kingdom has come. And Jesus made it clear the kingdom has come. He says, the time is fulfilled. All those years of preparation, all the work of God in history, choosing Israel, developing Israel, promising to Israel, that is going to be fulfilled. And when Jesus came, he came first and foremost in fulfillment of the promises to the Jewish nation that God's kingdom was, had come and the Jewish Messiah, the King of the Jews, had arrived. That's why mostly Jesus' ministry was to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It wasn't because God was excluding others, but no, it was fulfilling his promises to Israel so that the salvation which is of the Jews would come to the whole earth. When Jesus was born and started to minister, he inaugurated his kingdom and ministered it, and demonstrated it, particularly amongst the Jewish people. And then when he died on the cross, he died having said this statement, if I be lifted up, I will draw all nations, all men to me. So Jesus, in his life, he inaugurated the kingdom. In his death and resurrection, he established the kingdom. And in his second coming, He's going to bring it to complete consummation. And that's it. And it sounds confusing. That's why we get confused. The kingdom is here. Jesus is here. The king is here. And we look at the world and we say, how could God be working? And look at this mess. And we say, okay, well, I know what it means. It means we say, God, let your kingdom come in me. So I'm going to have your kingdom. It's wonderful. And I have it. Here it is. I'm living in a kingdom bubble. It's wonderful. And I'm going to wait. I'm going to keep my nose clean as best as I can. Because you see, he's coming again. And when he comes again as king, he is going to manifest his kingdom in all its fullness. And at that particular time, we're going to say, told you, Jesus is king. And then most of the people say to us, told us what? You never said a word. You kept your little kingdom in your little bubble. No, 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 friends. There's a job to do. That's why Jesus said every day, pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done, where? Yes. On earth. What? God actually expects us to be part of the bringing in of his kingdom on the earth. So it is not all Heaven, heaven, heaven. It's God's kingdom now operating in us, in our lives, through Christ's kingship. You know, it's very simple, really. When he saves us, he saves us that he might work through us. Did you know that he's left you behind on this planet for a very good reason? He wants you and me to work for his kingdom. So that wherever we are, beginning in our own hearts, of course, but wherever we are, we are working to see the will of God come. So, of course, we begin in our lives. We receive the kingdom, but we learn to live the kingdom. And we live the kingdom by saying, Jesus, I surrender every part of my life to your authority and I live the kingdom in my own experience. Amen. Amen. But we don't leave it there. We move from there to our family. May your kingdom come in my family. 
may your will be done on this bit of earth called my family. Amen? Oh, can you imagine if God's kingdom actually came into our homes and families? That would bring Britain back to, its, back to God straight away. They'll say, what is it about them? They're Christians. Look how they do family. Oh, other families are being torn apart. Father against mother, husband against wife, wife definitely against husband. Yeah, man, absolutely. Kids rebelling, parents being despicable, tearing apart. That's the devil's work. God's work and God's kingdom brings us together. Heals our families, restores our families. God bring us family restoration. Amen and amen. So when we pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done, we are saying not just in me, not just in my personal life, but in my family life, God bring your kingdom. Husbands, love your wives as Christ. Love the church. Wives, submit to your husbands as Christ, as unto the Lord. Children, obey your parents. Fathers, do not exasperate your kids. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. And it's not just, however, about our lives personally or our families. It is about our communities. Amen and amen. Don't stop there. Don't stop there. This isn't about church exclusively. Church is a community of the kingdom to demonstrate the kingdom to those out there so that they will say, we want what you have. How do you do that? How do you do We want it. And they come into the kingdom. This isn't about shutting ourselves away in our buildings and our services or even in our precious cell groups. Each and every one of these things are means by which God wants to manifest his kingdom in us that he may manifest it through us. Amen. That's the kingdom of God. Our communities. How does, what does that look like? Imagine if our communities were influenced by the kingdom of God. Imagine if our communities began to more closely approximate the will of God. Imagine if every one of us worked in our communities to say, that's not the will of God. That's not the will of God, what's happening there. And I'm going to change that. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something that is more like the will of God. It is not the will of God what is happening in our communities. We want to change stuff so that it reflects God's will. Amen and amen. Now that gets exciting. What about our workplace, in our office, or wherever we work? How about saying, Father God, let your kingdom come in my office. Next time anybody says, you know, oh, my, my, my workplace, is, it's, it's just like hell on earth. Huh, is it? Tell me more. Hell on earth, is it? It's about time you brought some heaven into that place then. Yes. Amen? Our environment is going to be hell on earth. Unless it's heaven on earth. Isn't this what he's saying? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's saying, I want my heaven to touch and influence your earth. In the Old Testament, God is always promising his people that he will be with them. That he will dwell with them. Isn't that right? And God gave them in the Old Testament, first of all, the prefabricated tent-like cathedral called the tabernacle. Just read the book of Exodus. You should have done that by now. Where are we? March, April. Uh -huh. Come on, get up on with your Bible reading. You should be right through all that stuff now. Amen and amen. Don't worry. After Exodus comes Leviticus. <laughs> you need the faith of God for that one. All right. But there's good stuff in that Old Testament material. Now, the whole of the tabernacle was built around a special place called the holy place and the most holy place. And in the most holy place, the holy of holies was not possible to go into it. It was so holy. Only the high priest could go into it once a year, two times, but once a year, go into that place. Why? Because there was the Ark of the Covenant. Now listen, don't start thinking Indiana Jones and all that kind of stuff and all that stuff. That's all fabrication. But the Bible really shows that the, the Ark of the Covenant was a very special thing because God promised that there at the Ark of the Covenant, His glory would come. And his actual presence would be manifested on the earth 
in that very spot. Later on, the tabernacle gave way to the temple. And Solomon built the temple, and his prayer of dedication of the temple was amazing. He said, God, I built this house for you, and I want you to come and live here because you promised that your glory would be here. You promised that your name would be here. But I look at this house, and I say, how is it going to be? Because heaven, not even the highest heaven can contain you, still less this house I've built. But God said, I'm a coming. I'm going to be there. I'm going to put my name there. I'm going to manifest my presence there. Well, the history goes on and the children of Israel start to turn away from God until finally comes in the days of Ezekiel that God says, I'm out of here. You read the book of Ezekiel, God's presence leaves the temple. And from that moment, right up until the coming of Jesus Christ, God did not manifest his presence on this earth. He did it through other people and through means. He was always working and God is everywhere all the time. You know that, you know that. His omnipresence remained, but his manifest presence left. And they lived without the presence of God and we were not alive, but in a manner of speaking, we lived, humanity lived without God's presence until the moment came in the fullness of time when God sent forth his son, born of a woman, made under the law. He came, the word became flesh and tabernacled amongst us and we beheld his glory. How clear can it be? God said, I have decided to come back to this planet in fulfillment of my purposes. But when I come back, I'm not coming back just to be here and to be in the corner. I've come back to take over. The king has come. I'm claiming the earth as my very own. That's what it meant when Jesus said, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom has come. The king is here and the glory of God is going to happen. And all this marvelous fulfillment of God's presence. And when we see Jesus, we see how the kingdom actually is. Remember the temple, presence of God, absence of God. Now there's a new temple. A new temple comes with Jesus. A new temple. And it's not that building, Herod's temple they were so proud of. That was going to be destroyed. No, no, no. Jesus said, destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in three days. Oh, are you going to do that? Yeah. But he was speaking about his body, the temple, the presence of God. That's why Jesus says, he that has seen me has seen the Father. God manifested in the flesh. The king has come. Hallelujah. That's when you hook up with Jesus, the kingdom touches your life. When you surrender to Christ, you're walking in the kingdom. And when you see Jesus and how he built the new community around him of the new temple community, this is Christ himself, the Father manifesting his presence through the Son, the King coming, a kingdom community. That's what the kingdom looks like. And wherever Jesus went, he healed the sick and he raised the dead. And in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, we just see this, an incident of Jesus going around, preaching and healing, and bringing everybody into that place where they could experience the kingdom of God. And many, many crowds followed him, multitudes followed him, and there were so many crowds, and Jesus looked upon them, and he said, I have compassion on these people. They are like sheep without a shepherd. Look, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers. Remember that passage? That's chapter 9. And after chapter 9 comes chapter, great revelation after 9 comes 10. Go to the top of theological class. <laughs> Come a long way to hear that today. And in chapter 10, he's going on with this story and what says how he called his 12 disciples with him. Chapter 10, verse 1. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. This is how the kingdom is manifesting. Do you see it? How are we going to reach the multitudes? Jesus said, bring my 12 here. He was building a new community of people that would impact the entire nations of the earth. And we are part of that revelation here in Kensington Temple. We use this strategy and model of Jesus very particularly. Even base it, roughly, 
on the number 12. Not that we're saying we're the new Jerusalem, look at us, hello. We are now the new authorities, the new government of God on earth. No, we're using the principle of Jesus, bringing people together and empowering them and teaching them and discipling them and telling them to go out and multiply. If you want to live the kingdom and be part of this, you need to be part of those small groups where we are doing it at grassroots level in a dynamic way that has the capacity to transform our very city. Katika jina Yesu, in the mighty name of Jesus. Can I have an amen in the house? Hallelujah. But as they go out and preach on mission, we need to have a look further down the passage and we see exactly what is happening. Verses 5 to 8. These 12 Jesus sent out, we're in Matthew 10. These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles. Stop right there. Interesting. Now, if you today are a real blood Jew with faith in Jesus Christ, then it's amazing to have you. You're very, very welcome. Amen and amen. You're welcome, whoever you are. Jew, Arab, or whatever. Believer, unbeliever, I don't know. You're all welcome. But you're very special if you are a Jewish believer because you are the first. This is your Messiah. Amen. We got him too, but he's your Messiah. And at that time, that's what Jesus was focusing on. Focusing on fulfilling the promises to Israel. Amen? So even there in his lifetime, he said, don't go to the Gentiles. That that time is coming. But I'm going to go to my people, Israel. I am their Messiah. I am fulfilling God's promise. Yahweh has sent me and the spirit of Yahweh is upon me to proclaim to my people that this is the year of Jubilee. Hallelujah. Good news to Israel. And that good news to Israel has never been rescinded. Okay, go on. And he says, do not enter the city of the Samaritans. Well, that's part of the same point. But verse 6, he says very strongly, go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Lost sheep. Uh Uh-huh. He's just talking about chapter 9. These people are like sheep without a shepherd. This is the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Go to them and bring the lost sheep back. I am the king, I am the Messiah, but I don't come with bombs and bullets and tanks and soldiers. I come with the meekness of a shepherd who gently leads those that are with young, according to the prophet Isaiah. He carries us in his arms, the good shepherd who rules by meekness and by kingdom principles, which are the absolute polar opposite of worldly principles and concepts of power. That's our kingdom. And one by one, the kingdom that we belong to is going to knock down, destroy, and swallow up every other kingdom by the power of love, by meekness, by the character qualities of God himself, gentleness, righteousness, authority, spirit okay verse 7 and as you preach preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand heal the sick cleanse the lepers raise the dead cast out demons freely you have received freely give. so this is telling us that we know the kingdom has come because the king is here and every time there is a healing or a deliverance or a restoration it's a sign that the king is present Amen. Amen. How glorious to know that we go out to demonstrate the kingdom, trailing signs and wonders that speak of God's presence. And it's not just about healings and miracles and great dynamic things like that. It's also about the transformation of the spirit in our lives and the transformation of our families, the transformation of our communities, the transformation of our workplaces as hell becomes heaven on earth at work. Amen. How amazing to say, I can't wait. Oh, it's Sunday, but Monday's coming. Monday's coming. And I'm going to go to work. I'm going to heaven today because I am part of bringing heaven into the old place called hell of my work. Amen and amen. 
that's what you are there for. To bring heaven into your workplace. Heaven, influence of heaven in your communities. Heaven, not just into your particular job. I'm a lawyer. I want heaven in the hell of my office. Yes, please. Thank you, Jesus. I want heaven. Oh, don't stop there. It's not just he wants heaven into your legal office and bureau and practice. He wants heaven into the whole of the legal system. Not just heaven in the classroom when some glorious anointed teacher brings the presence of God and impacts young lives in the classroom, single classroom, single school. Spread to the whole school. Praise God. Don't stop there. Spread to the neighboring school. Don't stop there. Spread it to the whole educational system of our nation. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in science, in politics, in education. We have a vision of the glory of God filling the earth, let alone this society that we call British. Amen? Did I just lose you there? Did I just go off too far? Come on, stretch your minds. God's kingdom vision is not like, I'd be good. I come to Sunday and, you know, if I've been bad, I'll put double tithes in. Double tithes in. Bring it on, bring it on. Double tithes. I don't, oh, yes, Jesus, I'll hold on by the skin of my teeth, by my fingernails, because one day, oh, hallelujah, Jesus has come back. Oh, made it. Oh, people of God. <laughs> He's given us an agenda. And it's not just about prayer. It begins with prayer. Our Father, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth. Earth, earth, earth. Heaven come down to earth. That's what Christianity is. Yes. And that gives us a vision for the whole of life. The whole of society. So we pray. Yes, pray, pray. But we also work, work. How many people know that when he says, pray, give us this day our daily bread, we don't just sit back at home and say, where are you going? No, I'm not going anywhere. No, I'm not going to go to work. Why not? I've prayed the Lord's Prayer. God's <laughs> going to send bread from heaven. Now, if you are Elijah in a time of famine, drought, recession, you've got no job and there is no supply, God will send bread from heaven even if he delivers it via the beaks of ravens. <laughs> he will do that. He will supernaturally supply. One of our elders given to hospitality, living in this country as an immigrant many years ago, very little money. His house was always filled with people, always opening his house to people. And many, many, I was going to say thousands got saved. That's possibly an exaggeration. Thousands were impacted, but hundreds did get saved over the years. And there were times when he and his wife had nothing. He said, come on, everybody. And they would come for something to eat. He'd have nothing. They had a little bowl of rice. Never mind. Oh, sit down. Enjoy. And the wife said, what are we going to do? He said, never mind. We're just going to pray. So they cooked the rice. He stirred the rice. He poured it out for one plate and another 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 plate. One bowl of rice fed a, fed a whole house that was filled with guests and there was one plate remaining his own plate and he took the last bit of rice and put it on his own plate and then the rice bowl was empty I'll tell you if it needs be God will manifest bread out of anything to feed you but usually generally it means give us this daily bread means Go find a job. Now, I'm not, I'm not telling you get on your bike find a job as if you're lazy. I'm saying that it means that we pray for those jobs to be available. We pray for successful training and successful interviewing. Amen. Don't tell me that we don't prepare you for that. Our business fellowship gives you free of charge some of the finest seminar material to help you prepare yourself so that you can be employable and advance through all the principles of hard work, faithfulness, and loyalty. Amen. And that's what you're praying for. Give me strength, God. Give me physical strength. Give me the opportunity to find a job. In other words, you don't just pray, but you get out and do something to become the answer to those prayers. Yes or no? Okay. Now bring it back to this. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not going to happen just by praying about it. Saying, oh God, bring your will Unto this planet. Amen. So what's on EastEnders tonight? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's about what do I have to do? 
I work for the kingdom. I work so that God's will is done. And that means three things, two of them we kind of covered already. Number one, demonstrating the kingdom. Number two, influencing the world by the kingdom of God, being salt and light and penetrating every part of society with kingdom influence. And number three, it means speaking the truth to power. Not just being nice people, not just being good citizens. We need to be both. Better times to say to whoever the power is in our generation, our time at this moment anyway, it happens to be a man by the name of David Cameron, and this isn't about against him or against the conservatives, anything like that, whoever it might be. Mr. Cameron, God says no. And we say no. We stand like Jesus might have stood before Pilate and say, our kingdom is not of this world. But our kingdom is truth. Pilate will say, what is truth? And we will tell them what truth is. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus left that interview speaking truth to power and went straight to the cross and demonstrated to Pilate and to his generation and every generation since what true kingdom power is. Christ carrying sins on the cross being crucified and crowned with the crown of thorns in mock recognition that he is the king of the Jews, but how real that was. The crown and the cross, that brings the kingdom in. And on resurrection day, that kingdom power was demonstrated and earth's, uh, earth, not just earth shook, hell's foundations shook. And that's the power of the kingdom of God that we have. And he says, don't just pray, but work for the will of God. That's a very simple agenda, but it's comprehensive. The will of God in my life. I'm going to work so that God's will is, is really reflected in my life, my family, my home, my workplace, my domain. What a lifelong agenda. Kingdom business. And through our cell ministries, which are ideally held not just in a little corner of this church on a Sunday, but out there in the marketplaces in the heat of the battle on Monday through to Saturday, out there, manifesting God's kingdom, being ready as a presence, ambassador for the kingdom of God, and also graciously, quietly working, but clearly working for the kingdom of God demonstrating its presence, giving influence through its presence and by its power, speaking the truth to the kind of powers that think that they are unstoppable. But we know that God is getting ready to shake the things that can be shaken so that God's kingdom, which cannot be shaken, may remain. Let's pray. I want to give you an opportunity this morning that if you've never received the kingdom of God, you've never understood that God's kingdom has come and you need to step into it. You need to say, Jesus, I receive you and acknowledge you as king. That is the priority of entering the kingdom of God. It's the call, Jesus said in Mark 1, 14 and 15. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Turn away from your sin and say, I want to get rid of that old kingdom stuff. It doesn't do any good. It's going down anyway. It's going to fail. I want the kingdom of God. I want God's government over my life. And you receive that by receiving Christ the King as Savior and Lord. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every Christian praying in this place. 
If there's somebody that is saying today, yes, I want more to know more about this. I want you to pray for me. I want to find out about this. Yes, I'm ready for this. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, lift your hand right where you are. Before we close this service, which is very rapidly drawing to an end, before I close this service, I want to pray for you. And I want to leave this place without having prayed for every person that's saying, yes, I want Christ in my life. Is that you? Every Christian praying, lift your hand, let me see. And I will thank you. God bless you down here. God bless you down here. Anybody else? Thank you. God bless you at the back. Anybody else? Thank you to my right. Upstairs, uh, Bruce, if you kind of step on the platform and help me from here. Somebody over here lifted their hands. Lift it again. And the reason I'm asking you to lift it, not only can I identify it and pray with you, but somebody's going to stand with you right in this moment. Anybody else? Upstairs, in the balcony, over the road, in the coronet. Christian is there to help you. Downstairs, in overflow area, watching on internet. You can just email us and, and hook up with us, and we will follow this through with you. Father, in Jesus' name. The last moment before I pray, lift your hand. If you haven't lifted it yet and you want to, lift it now. Hi. Quickly, quickly, quickly. This is a moment. Thank you. God bless you. This is a moment of decision. Your kingdom come, Father, in all of our hearts and lives. And we pray that for all of our lives, Lord, because even those of us who know you as king have not yet fully surrendered every part of our lives to you as king. And we want to enter your kingdom more and more in our lives. And we pray that your kingdom will come in us that more fully today. But especially for those who are stepping into the kingdom of God today, we pray that Christ will be real to them. That they might say, yes, amen. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. That means he is the king. He is the son of God manifested in the flesh. He died on the cross to save me from my sins. And I want to live with him now. Father God. Speak to the hearts of your people. Everybody pray with me the first part of the Lord's Prayer. Out loud. Our Father, with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen and amen. Give Jesus a wonderful praise offering right now. God bless you.